want to learn how to become a millionaire? Are you committed to having financial freedom? To learn the secrets to building and managing a million dollar business, whatever it takes? Because today the opportunities are greater than ever to achieve your goals. Welcome to How to Be a Millionaire. In this show, we are on a mission to educate and empower a thousand new millionaires over the next 10 years through our nonprofit foundation at millionairestraining.org and through our fast track implementation programs at millionairesacademy.com. I'm your host, Sydney O'Sullivan. Some call me the Millionaire's Mentor because I've been building million dollar businesses for over 20 years. And in this show, I interview other millionaires in my network and get them sharing their best advice to create your big vision, discover your life purpose and legacy, build your dream team, develop a millionaire mindset, scale your business, invest for success, and manage and share your wealth and prosperity over the long term. I hope you enjoy the show. You know, where are we going to be in, what are we going to do for the next two years? And it's protect ourselves. So that became an obvious decision. So PPE has been huge for us. Yeah. Uh, supplying and shoring up uh, stable supplies with China's instability for some products for people in Australia has been really successful for us as well. We've done very well doing that. Being very, very creative. Are you finding there's a difference in uh, shipping times than there were pre-pandemic as far as, like one of the guys I interviewed, he does a lot of importing e-commerce business and he found that a lot of his product was stuck on ships um, and then he couldn't get, even if he moved his manufacturing to another country, the ships were stuck, you know, in other harbors. So have you noticed any difference? It's affected us with books, for instance. It's taking a lot longer yeah. to get delivered. It's taking longer. Yeah. We've had express companies take longer than the shipping. Can you believe? So a couple of express companies, I won't name them, took longer to deliver fly-in masks into Australia for us than it did to bring them on the ship. Uh, tar- uh, cost of shipping has gone up quadrupled or something like that. Um, and they're going up again, especially out of China. So then it's about thinking creatively about where you're going to do business. So when they're doing more business via New Zealand and South America than we are China. So constantly you can't just see the barrier and think that stops you. That's the barrier. You've got to go somewhere else. And there's lots of countries that want to do business. Vietnam, we really want to do business in Vietnam, in India, in any of these countries that have been marginalized because of the monolith of China. So we're thinking creatively away from that. Uh, Shipping has been slower sometimes. We've had stuff stuck on the walls for over two weeks, just sitting there for no reason. Uh, That's all easing a lot more now. But really it's about the long-term play, Sydney. It's where's this heading and what does it present in terms of opportunities? The third philosophy I've just realized is, are you a consumer during these times or are you an investor during these times? So a consumer mentality is trying to get through the COVID virus. An investor opportunity is, okay, what does that tell us the world's going to be thinking about in the next six months to a year's time? And how do we position ourselves based on those decisions? Because they're inevitable. There's no turning the tide back now on online shopping malls, on online business, on people willing to trade and think differently about where they do work from. We can hire anywhere in the world now. Uh, who's willing to pay for it? Now 90 countries. All of those barriers to business have gone. So it opens up massive opportunities to invest some time and energy. I'm not even talking about money, but time and energy into 
going into those areas and, as you say, thinking about where are we going to be in six months' time? What are the new decisions that are going to be made? And instead of being pleased that Amazon can deliver in a day, which is a consumer mentality, think like Amazon in terms of what can you provide for people that they want instantly and think in terms of investor mindset instead of, oh, good, I got my book in one day. That's cool. Now, I do have, thank you. This is so awesome. I always love it. One of the inspirations to do this interview series was I get to have these really fabulous conversations with my friends like you. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could share some of this knowledge on a larger scale? Because people just don't have access to the, you know, the amazing people that we've brought into our lives. Was that a strategic thing for you that you decided who you wanted to get your advice from obviously, or is it, is it just a consequence of um, having success in your life and kind of like get starting to get discerning about who you play with, I guess. I am discerning. I am amazed at how many times people I reach out to don't want to make that connect and take what things, what, how we could take things to another level just by sharing ideas together. So anywhere I go where people are open to that and, ha- and happy to contribute generously the way I do, I'm immediately going to gravitate towards them. But that's not the normal mindset, Sydney. The normal mindset for a lot of people is to be a consumer. How are you going to help me? They're going to want to consume information and get information rather than be the person pushing it out. So I like hanging out with people who push information out and not just want to be uh, consumers. So I'm not looking for the antenna. I'm looking for the wavelength. I'm constantly looking for the person who's sending out the radio wave. I'm not as interested in hanging out with the person who wants to keep receiving the radio wave because the, the givers and the takers, so if you keep needing information, you keep wanting information, you're draining the relationship. I want to be with people who have a real, like John Astor, he's one of my really good mates. It's a really open collaboration. There's a sharing there. It's not, it's not one way at all. And I am trying to say that as least transactional as possible. There's lots of heart and lots of love. But I like seeking out people who are open and generous and realize what they share won't in any way diminish them. That by sharing what I'm sharing isn't somehow going to stop me having the advantages I have. There's no competition in this is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's okay to be generous with it rather than hoard our notes and hope that we're going to get the next big idea. So that's who I like hanging out with. And that's been very de- deliberate for 15 years now, easily 15 years. Very cool. Oh, God, I get some good stuff with those questions. Um, and, uh, okay, now let's talk about, I do get a lot of speakers and authors who follow me, and I find that it's interesting the conversations that we're having with, with some of them now and that they're, they're still evolving their thinking, right, very much aligned with what you were just saying. So, for instance, one, one of my clients recently made a million dollars in a few weeks of moving their business online. And I said, you know, you could double that by just offering other people's programs to all those leads you generated that you didn't, that you weren't a fit for, right? So, um, and they said, oh, I don't want to sell other people's stuff, you know, to my, and I thought, that's lack thinking again. It's like that. I said, okay, well then, you know, look, if you don't want my advice, then, you know, but the problem with the model they have is that they're completely dependent that, that all that new business, they have to deliver on it. Right. So, um, so to give you an idea, they generated like 20,000 leads in order to make a hundred sales, which was still good money, but 
the profit on that wasn't that huge, right? So it was because a lot of people don't realize how expensive this can be when you're pushing a lot of money into advertising, for instance, which is what a lot of the gurus are telling people to do. A lot of the people, oh. are, are you, do you see a lot of that going on? I don't think you don't. I'm not following a lot of what they're doing. We're just doing our own little. No, we don't. We're, we're really, our budgets are so small. They really Compared to what we know people are spending, we're really embarrassed by our tiny advertising budget. So um, we're inundated with leads. We're really fortunate that it's a space that has a lot of traffic and a lot of people are really interested in it. Uh, yeah, my attitude about generosity. Um, whatever you think you're holding on to is probably the stuff you should be giving away. That's my first thing around intellectual property and ideas. Whatever you think is your best idea is probably the one you should be giving away for free because you want people to realise that you're trustworthy with cool stuff. And if you're not putting your cool stuff out there, how do they ever know you're going to be trustworthy and be cool for them? So that's the first thing. I don't mind people not doing affiliate deals. I don't have a black and white view about that. I've got a very in-depth view. It's quite nuanced. Sorry. I've got a nuanced view about uh, affiliate deals. If you can replace and replicate your income without you, without affiliates, don't do it. So why give away 40, 60% if you can still do it by it not being you? So if you can replicate, affiliate dealers is basically you're just replicating you. You just replaced you as the income source with someone else. Great. If you can do it other ways, like having licensees or an agency or a team who replicate the same or more revenue without you, you would do that. Because affiliate relationships do take a fair bit of work and also you can't control the cultures. But the whole idea, affiliate deal is about replicability. How do you replicate your income without it being you? How do you scale your, how do you scale what you're doing? How do you scale? And the only way to do it is either through what you grow, which replaces you, or through affiliate deals, which replaces you. So I don't mind which you choose but it's really smart to choose one because to have yourself still at the guru after a million dollars is really insanity making. So I had a rule from the beginning. The moment I made my first million, I switched from Sharon Pearson Associates to the Coaching Institute and everything became, every time I did anything, it became recorded, transcript, turned into multiple products, taught to others so I could slowly back away from the business. So I've slowly reverse engineered over these years until, you know, seven years. So now I'm not in the business, but I'm making more money than ever because they didn't go the affiliate trail. I went replace me completely trail and then they do affiliates. So, because they both take a lot of effort, Cindy. Mm. I guess a lot of effort to set up affiliate deals. The same as a lot of effort to build up agency or licenses or others who replicate you. So, for example, in the early days, I was a trainer, but I had a couple of trainers who taught on my behalf. They made the same money I did for me without me doing it. I could do the same with affiliate as well, but I put my energy into that. And so, yeah, we've got to think in terms of beyond the guru. Goodness, that's the worst model. The worst number in business is one. And I learned that early from Dan Kennedy. So if I'm at the center of the hub of the cobweb, and I want to slow down, so does my income. But I've got it set up now that I've got multiple cobwebs, so I have slowed down and they continue to be woven. And that's that to me is smart. And that's why affiliate dealing is smart. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, there's risks with everything. I mean, you know, like the, the beautiful model is where somebody else creates a fabulous program and you're good at 
finding them customers, right? But then you're also relying on them to consistently deliver to the standard that you expect and that your customers expect. And then also that that the money is always going to be shared as, as agreed. You know, that can be a real problem. I had a great affiliate deal for a few years where the the my affiliate was going around the world selling my program and then sending me the clients and I cared and looked after the clients as much as I could. But then the affiliate started drying up the money flow. And then of course I couldn't look after the clients anymore. And we had to end the affiliate relationship because you can't, you can't make it work if it's not, if it's not a win-win, right. For everyone. I've done an affiliate deal and they never paid me. It happens a lot. Unfortunately. Never, never got a cent. And so, yeah. It does happen. So, so again, if they both take energies, replace yourself with a team or replace yourself with affiliate deals. They both take energy. So pick the strategy that you can live with the downsides. And with affiliate deals, it can be a mess, as you just said, if they don't deliver on their promises or they take the deposit and are tidy with delivering. Yeah, there's so many ways that's do due diligence on both. That's what I would suggest. Yeah. So, okay. Now you've done some really cool things with books and I have a lot of authors. So I'd love to hear why do you write books um, with everything you're doing? What, what drives you to want to write books? Well, firstly, I'm a writer at heart. I'm not a business person. So you know that at heart, I love writing. I love expressing ideas. Uh, I love sharing. I love seeing the difference it can make for other people. It lights me up that I'm not keeping these ideas to myself so the legacy continues beyond a conversation. Um, I, I get a buzz out of researching and working alone. I really enjoy all of those solitary aspects of writing. It gives me really joy. I write some books for lead gen. I write, I've written seven, so some are for lead generation. Some are, as we've done, relationships where I've gone into other people's books, which is really low risk and low effort on my part easy to justify return. So I'll do that all day, every day. And some, uh, for the love of it, to get bestseller status for the credibility and the halo that comes with it. But all of them, because I love the message that I get to share and the difference it can make for people. So that's a constant, regardless of lead gen, affiliate, or because I've got an important message that I want to get out there and I want to get to bestseller. All throughout it, it's my love of doing it is very consistent. Now, I remember when you first started, thank you, um, and a couple of things I wanted to ask. When you do a lead gen, for instance, because that's relevant today, yeah. um, and then I'll come back to when you first started this, but the um, but what's relevant today is how are you using a book to generate leads for the business or for your goals? Well, we're doing Tripwires. Is your audience familiar with Tripwires? Maybe I don't know. We're going out to we're going out to the TV audience, the podcast audience. So yeah, okay. So should I break that down a little bit? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So we have a tripwire strategy which works pretty well. Which is, you see us on Facebook or wherever it is in the world. We're in so many places. And if you'd like the book, just cover postage and handling, and we will. It's four dollars, five dollars, and you get a book. Now that means you're in the system now as a potential paid consumer. And you love our message enough that you're willing to spend money on it, that our message is a match for you. So you're pretty well a qualified potential posse member later down the track. So that would be one way we lead gen. Another is in the book, promise you click on and you go to different resources. That's really great. We also do it as uh, giveaways, which is wonderful through webinars. We do it through what else? 
Oh, if you come along to one of our events and you receive the book, you can give one to a friend. They're the main ways we're doing it. So it's mainly the tripwire and then it filters down getting the word out beyond that. It works really well for us. I've talked to a lot of top marketers who are still using books. They're like um, Anik Singhal, for instance, he's one of the big top world's internet marketers and he he hadn't been using books and he just started discovering them about a year ago and he could not believe yeah. how well they work as a low commitment first conversation starter like uh, it, you know give me a, the your, the free, free plus shipping model that you've just explained is the you know it's like where they will actually even give you their credit card and address and phone number to get a copy of a physical book but it can be as simple as just exchanging your their email for a digital book right or an, yeah yeah so that's yeah, so we do the digital as well a lot that works really well for us mm -hmm. i gotta say people buying my book at full retail the other books that are full retail that we never tripwire that's also a great lead gen we i sell thousands of ultimate you um and just to sell it because it, we love the book we keep putting it out there and it's doing really well on amazon and they buy it digitally or audible or whatever we're doing plenty of people finding us through that way as well. You have but, lead gen, you have lead gen built into the book. So you're asking people to come and grab a blueprint or or get a, a roadmap or a, something that's compelling yes, that yes. gets them to come over to your website and opt in. Or join a Facebook group yeah, or in the community. And a lot of people then up up sell themselves into one of our programs, one of our community-based programs. So Ultimate U Quest, for example, very low entry level, I think it's $1,000, I can't remember, from the book to that, that's an easy decision for thousands of people of year because they're part of a wonderful community talking about how to be their ultimate best selves. So it's very much matched, matched around what our communities care about. So our posse really cares about being their best selves, making a difference, figuring out what's going on for them, what makes them tick, how to have a more meaningful life and feel more fulfilled. That's who our posse, that's what our posse really cares about. So it's the book helps with the leads, but also when they find us, the book helps them realize they're in the right place. So it's also forms a way of helping them know that they're they're in a place that gets them that because we do, we put this is what we obsess about, that we get them, that we care about them, and that we have messages that can help them in remarkable ways. So it's it's a flow both ways. The book supports the community and the book helps find the community. That's very cool. And then, okay, so when you first started, I remember you were getting a lot of media. Do you still like media or was that just to really launch you? Um, we went through phases because I won a lot of business awards, which helped. We don't tend to do the awards as much these days because I've stepped back so much. We're doing our own thing now. So I now have a podcast that would have probably 100 views per podcast, 100,000 views per podcast, sorry, and, and growing. So media now is more in our control now I think about it. So the podcast, the books I write, we're crafting our messages and it's push messaging rather than the pull. Uh, I, still have, I still have interviews going to different magazines online. I still have articles being published around the world. But most of it is we want our type of posse to find my podcast or find my books or find something where they can have a deeper, longer relationship than just knowing I've written an article. Does that make sense? So we want it to go deeper and richer. So you're with me on a podcast for an hour and a half. That's going to be way better than just reading a 
short film, 200 word article or yeah, a media it, release. It makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, getting out, out on say like a, a, a national TV show for, for 15 minutes or five minutes, which, you know, sometimes we're able well, to it's get generally over. five. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like five minutes. Maybe you, you might, it's like shotgun marketing, isn't it? It's kind of like, yes. it's like spray, uh, what do you call it? Paintball. You know, you're, yeah. you're hoping somebody out there connects with your message. Whereas what you're building is your own media so that you can build a relationship over the long term. You have control over how long you talk and what you say. And uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. And, uh, so we're moving into an online TV show next year. Oh, cool. And you also are. We're, uh, po- Perspectives, the podcast, we're expanding that and bringing on a team to run that. I'm building a website around that. So we're becoming more a media company in our own right that's pushing messages out rather than reliant on journalists finding us. That's, and and that's, will that support your community as well? Like will they get opportunities to have shows? And Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, it's going to showcase their their successes and what they're doing most definitely. And yeah. I coach on perspectives sometimes. So I also do coaching demonstrations. So they're the ones that do the best. So, yeah, it's all about creating a, a community, uh, our uni- own universe. I'm, I'm hugging my universe if anyone's listening and not seeing me right now. So creating a universe where our posse can play and know that they're what types of messages they're going to get that are aligned with them and with their values and with their life's purpose. And there's no jagged edges around that. It was like, why is she talking about that? So I'm, st- in some ways I'm out of my lane a little bit, Sydney, cause I'm getting a bit braver with some of my messages. So now I do talk a little bit more about cultural issues rather than just coaching. I'm talking more about politics rather than just coaching. But generally in our world, there's a style I have and there's a style the coaching institute has. We're expanding our presence in terms of how we deliver that. Very cool. And so as we wrap up, as we come up to the end of our hour together, and thank you again for always supporting supporting my projects, always bringing the good stuff. Um, I I wanted to ask you, what's next for you? What's in the future for for Sharon? I have a massive next 12 months planned out. My husband and I were planning, JP and I were planning on the weekend. We had a two-hour lunch together, ended up just being this massive breakout session. So there's as I said, there's perspectives. We're going to keep focusing on that. The TV show we're excited about. Uh, our students, bringing our, clo- our students closer together internationally is really important to us. Uh, finding new ways to wow them that makes it a better experience for them. So we're moving to app-based training as well as just Kajabi and all the basics that everybody knows about. I'm writing another book this year. I'm going to be writing a definitive coaching book based on my 18 years experience as a coach. And now obviously I have some lots of qualifications behind me. There's about 16 things that are happening this year, all supporting this universe we're building so that people can have a wonderful experience when they interact with us. Even if they don't spend any money, they can stay and play and just get huge value out of it, be it through articles or podcasts or interviews or however it is they can have an experience that enables them to know themselves a little bit more deeply and experience themselves a little more kindly. That's our goal for 2021. Oh, I love it. And, and, you know, as I said, I have a few clients that I share with you and they, um, they, to see them like leave their jobs, go out, uh, you know, like 
some of the things that they they get the confidence to do from the support they get from your community, from your programs. Um, I've seen them apply for reality TV shows, uh, you know, apply for the uh, to be in political office, go out and become consultants and, you know, uh, do things that they, you know, they were employees when they came to you and they become entrepreneurs making real change in the world. It's very exciting. We did a huge 24-hour global telecast on the weekend and we're interviewing some of them and their stories moved me so much just their stories I never dreamt I'd ever be doing anything like this and now I see people all around the world and they want what I've got they're just blowing themselves away they're their own source of inspiration I admire them so much and I'm so pleased for everything they do it's wonderful thank you you're welcome. Congratulations on all your success and for all the people you support. Thanks for giving us the time. And uh, yes. I'm so, always so excited to catch up with you. So I can't wait to catch up in a few months and see what's new when you're ready to launch your show. And, yeah. um, and for you as well. Of thank course. you. Yeah. Yeah, we're very excited because we already had a show in the planning. But as you probably know, one of the challenges with these shows is finding a network that has traffic because even the big big national networks are having trouble getting audiences these days, right? So if your, not, if your name isn't Joe Rogan, you're really struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like it's really uh, traffic is kind of like, you know, that's why so many people are saying just throw money into Facebook ads, but that's not the solution for everyone either, right? It's not sustainable. It, it is a solution, but not for people who don't have unlimited budgets, right? So um, anyway, so the it happened that one of my friends is building a really cool network and he saw what I was doing. And this is what happens when you start getting out and being in flow like this, giving generously to help others. People's come in and they go, I love what you're doing. Hey, we'd love to give you a show on our network. And I had a meeting with their social media guy last week and Oh man, they're smart. They're getting like millions of views, which is unusual, but this is, it's a whole new platform that like the people that got into podcasting earlier benefiting from now, or, you know, the people that got into social media. When I wrote this book 10 years ago, we were talking about how to use social media and now look how far it's all come, right? Yeah, it was, we called it 2.0 and it was all, we're all just trying to figure it out back then. And now it's one of our major platforms. Social media is a major platform. That isn't to say I completely endorse it, Sydney. We could do a whole show talking about the downside to it. Yeah. But in terms of how it helps you reach the right people so you can hang out together, I think it's just been amazing. Oh, well, so good to see you, my friend. And I'll let you go back. I know you've got things to do. And uh, thanks uh, for having me. So all the best. All the way. Love from America over to Australia. Thank you. Hi, this is Sydney. And thanks for listening to the show today. If you liked today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or review. We love all of your feedback. Share the show with your friends and most importantly, come introduce yourself at our free online community at millionairestraining.org.